No? Oh, yeah, that's good. Nope. Oh. Briefly. I am an I am Peruvian. I am. I know what I want and I know how to get it. I want peace, go, and more peace, go. No. This is Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Hello and welcome to the 55.1 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined by Corey Shreppel and Rodrigo sanchez Javaria. Mark Fangmeyer got the international call-up this week to represent, uh, um, I don't know, where would he represent? Where, where does Fangmeyer come from? Is that German? I assume I mean, he's some sort of Scandinavian. That feels right. Yeah. Vaguely, vaguely Eastern European, maybe? Yeah. Vaguely. <laughs> representing Luxembourg this week. Uh, he's getting his big call up here. We tried to get Alex Schieferdecker, who it sounds like is going to become a Minnesotan again. And so, but uh, Alex didn't watch the game this weekend. <laughs> Thankfully, good for him. Uh, instead, uh, it's just the three of us. We got a three man midfield, and we're going to do our best to just let everything by, just let everyone just walk on through this podcast. Um, this week we are going to, I guess we're going to talk about these two games. We had LAFC on a Tuesday and then we had, uh, an away game to Sporting Kansas City. Um, at least we scored a goal in each. That's a, that's a step in the right direction. We got one point in the last five games, I think maybe four. Um, yeah, so we're going to do that. But before we do, let's talk some good, the bad and the weird, uh, the good, by far the the best here, is San Diego Wave at the brand new stadium opener against Angel City. You couldn't have asked for a better matchup for it. 32,000 people, uh, well, 32,000 tickets were sold, right? Um, it was a fantastic crowd. Uh, great result for the Wave, who won, right? They won one nothing. Was that it? Yep. I was watching yep. and then by the end of the game was talking to someone. So I want to make sure I got that right. Um, let's see. Uh, the other good, another a close second on this one is uh, Francisco Calvo, our, our good friend scoring an own goal for his club, Konya Spor, um, just continuing to light up the world. Um, it's on his way. So I can't yeah. wait to see what I, I he does. I can't the, wait until do we get to see this in the world cup while we're trying to eat our fake turkeys. Mm. Oh God, it's gonna be so good. It's gonna be gorgeous. Um, so, <laughs> the la- the um, last good here is that Hunman's son uh, got a hat trick in like thirteen minutes, ten minutes after coming on as a sub. Um, the best part is that Corey tried to uh, catfish me in the notes, and the link is just a picture of uh, son as a underwear model, which is awesome. Hey, because it's man, a little treat for all of us. Yep. Yeah, it's like a it's like a throwback to Marky Mark. <laughs> yep, yep. Except like, not creepy. Young men's yeah. funky bunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, let's do some bad. Uh, Nike released the U.S. World Cup kits. We had already seen like uh, um, the 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 reveals of this. Um, people were very upset about these. I just think they're boring. Um, they're not actively bad like all the Puma ones. Uh, these are just boring and, and forgettable, especially the white one. I think it was Matt Doyle had uh, the best take on it, which that it they're they're the Stay Puft Marshmallow kits. Um, <laughs> which, when you look at the picture of the Stay Puft Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, um, n- and next to them, it it it'll change your life. Um, side note: it it, 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 took it me almost in, makes them better. It took me until I was like thirty to realize that it was not the State Puff. Marshmallow Man, like the Empire State Building or something like that. It was the Stay Puffed because that's the name of the uh, marshmallows. Took me until I was a, a grown man to to learn that. So there you go. You know, we all get there eventually it's in not, our own time. It's not too late to learn something, uh, <laughs> listeners. You out there hey, can can Warren learn. Warren Buffett wasn't a wasn't a billionaire till he was in his fifties. So yeah. listen, and you too can learn basic <laughs> things when you are. 30 years old. Uh, it's never stop dreaming is what I'm saying. Um, the, the real bads here, or I, actually I should say for the U S kids, the real terrible one is when you see it on the women and the central crest that is moved from the left heart. So it's now central. It's immediately next to the championship crest. And so you have this weird, imbalance like because they designed this for the men and the women just have to wear it it looks absolutely stupid on the women it's just embarrassing how they they could do that and it comes from designing for men and having the women who are way more uh, better and actually have a championship patch making them an afterthought so it's, well, very it's like it's like i think real madrid had something like that on on a couple of their kids but like they at least moved it like almost over to the shoulder or the collarbone, but it still looks so dumb. It's just, it's so bad. The center, the center crests are, I'm not a fan. Yep. Um, the, the, the real bads here are a series of racist events. And every, every week, unfortunately we could do, um, this week in uh bat, you know, in dumbass racist people. Um, but the first thing was at that San Diego wave, uh, game, a, a, woman yelled at a couple people that if you're not going to stand for our flag, uh, for our anthem, then go back to your country or whatever. Um, and then you had Atletico Madrid fans singing racist songs about Vinicius Jr. for who plays for Real Madrid. Um, and throwing things, it's just embarrassing behavior. And then Mm -hmm. you had in MLS this week, um, taxi Fontas, the only good thing about DC United this year, um, he gets in a, a spat with uh, former Minnesota United legend Damian Lowe, and Yedlin and Damian Lowe both allege that he used the N word in it, and then they stopped play, and basically Fontes was subbed out. Um, yeah, uh, it, there's going to be an investigation about it. Um, the problem is that the the way these things are set up, it'll be just like um, Fragapane, where it'll be a he said, he said, and they'll say, well, we can't, we don't have any like evidence. He didn't um, write the racist epithet down on a piece of paper and then hand it to Damien Lowe, and therefore 
we can't prove that he did something mm-hmm. racist. So, and the referees didn't hear it. So if the referees don't hear it, then they can't say they witnessed it. So. Yeah, man. Give. I'm pretty sure if you gave the raw audio to Corey Schreppel at New York Times, he could find that. He, he'd sit there for an hour listening over and over until he found it. Um, here, you know, listen, they got shotgun mics all over those fields. Somebody's you know, got it. Somebody's got it. And, and I can't wait for the daily to pick it up. We're not going to do that. Hmm. <laughs> and hmm. he said a racist epithet. Hmm. Um, that, 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 that's right. Wes. That's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Cue, so, cue the introspective marimba. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the the weird is that uh, Icarus Football, based out of Philadelphia, who have put out just an, a ton of amazing kits. The my favorite being the FC Pripyat um, jersey that I wear a lot. It's a gorgeous Ukrainian jersey. Um, but they put out a Murica uh, Murica uh, 2022 World Cup supporters jersey, which is basically if it's basically. Um, the sheets from Guy Fieri's bed. Uh, if when Guy Fieri wants to um, fuck a bald eagle, <laughs> Sorry. do you what 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 kind of um, what you, race car bed you do you think Guy Fieri has? Oh, oh that totally to, has to, to fuck be, a bald eagle in. It's a Lightning McQueen bed, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous. It's, a, it's not a. It's not a like a with a mirror on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that way you can be like, what comes before? What comes up before thunder? Yeah. Lightning. I'm gonna take you to Flavor Town. Ka-chow. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> Ooh, just good news. Good news. <laughs> One more weird is that Kylian Mbappe is a no-show for the French team photo shoot. He's uh, in a fight with them about more image rights. Um, the follow-up to this is that someone pointed out that he actually donates all of his image rights uh, money to charity, but um, I imagine this is—I imagine this is far more than meets the eye. I, I doubt it's just about image rights. And yeah, well, I mean, the reason he stayed at PSG is because they were going to give him more ownership of, of over his image and stuff like that. That's why he didn't go to Real Madrid. At least that's what he says. So, but the French being French. Um, what's great is that we're starting early on the French uh, national team meltdown. Um, you get two kinds of French national team. You get meltdown and you get championship. So I'm afraid that this one is not boding well for... <laughs> uh, maybe they'll have a meltdown championship. Who knows? But I thought you were going to say you get two types of French nationalists. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you do too. It's just basically... Uh, Marine Le Pen and Jacques Le Pen. You get the <laughs> you get the old crusty racist or the uh, the pleasant racist. You know, just just take your pick. One is one is uh, really great um, with a bottle of wine and, and some cheese. So um, that that's the, the little recap. But let's do a little bit of Aurora recap, which is just that um, the Minnesota Aurora podcast that um, has previously been one episode that was uh, put out in the middle of the season. Now we did a season recap with uh, head coach Nicole Lukic and with um, uh, Jenny Clark, uh, the assistant coach. And they kind of talk about 
the the season and then look forward. They tease a, a new signing that they they made an offer on, and they they don't even tell me. You know, even Nicole like off mic won't even tell me things like who. And then she like gave me vague descriptors, which even that I'm not allowed to allowed to say anything. But it, it was someone she was impressed with and thought we would be impressed with. So um, along with that, Morgan Turner scored a brace for SCU Torrents. Um, she's played four games for them and scored four goals. Uh, she didn't score in that first league game, which is just a huge disappointment. Um, anyway, they lost at this game, but she scored the two goals that they scored. Uh, and then her sister, who found this? Corey, did you find this story? Maya Turner? No, I did not. That no. was all Rodrigo. When we were doing our, our well, news news roundup. Rodrigo ran away. But this is... Um, uh, no, I did not. Okay. His sister, her sister, Morgan Turner's sister, Maya Turner, it plays up at the University of Manitoba and is the first woman to score points in a youth sports football game as a kicker, which yep. is awesome. So It's pretty cool. Actually, Morgan Turner tweeted that out. So Oh, excellent. That's how you found it. All right. Um, that's the the little bits of the roundup. We're going to take a break and come back and talk Minnesota United. Back on the 55-1 podcast, let's talk Minnesota United. Uh, there were two matches this week, a Tuesday night matchup against LAFC. Then uh, we went away to Sporting Kansas City. The LAFC game, I don't have a ton to say, but um, I uh, I got an email a couple weeks ago. You know you know that um, win a trip to Bayern Munich from uh, Allianz uh, mm-hmm. thing? The, I, I entered that, and then I got an email saying I won. But I didn't win that. I won nice tickets to the LAFC game, which was still nice. I took uh, um, our, our friend of this podcast, Connor Tobin, and Cassie, Cassidy Sibniski, who does the Aurora um, kits, and uh, and my wife Lydia. And so we had like it was like up in Doctor Bill's old section because he moved centrally now, but it's basically just off the center in that upper area. And um, on the way, I had to walk by. Um, Chris Wright like four or five times and uh, definitely did not definitely tried not to make eye contact on that one. We haven't really um, (laughs) spoken since I published a podcast called Chris Wright only cares about your money. So (laughs) not, not sure I'm quite. Did did you get food? Yeah. Yeah. It was free food. Not the booze. I thought the booze was free and I forgot that, but what what did they have catering? Did they have catering? Yeah. They have like beer brats and like, you know, there's some fruit and cookies and stuff. I mean, it's pretty decent. Yeah. What was your, what was your favorite thing out of them? I mean, cookies. It was all fine. I mean, it wasn't like great. It's, but it's free food. So did you get a good parking spot? I I walked, man. I thought they gave you like a free parking They they give me a free, yeah, but I didn't use it because I live four blocks away. Should have sold it. Oh, I should have. You're right. All right. Anyway, that was a one-one game. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it maybe to to come back to it. Um, the main thing is that we were missing Fragapane on suspension there, and then Bongi went out for we think a season-ending injury, just because you know it's going to be a while till he can come back. And that that was the first time we saw Minder Garcia start on the left. Um, and Coleman got a goal in this uh, off a corner. But then the, the game that's, I guess, more important or, or telling is the SKC 
away match. Uh, this ended 4-1. We were missing everybody Wood, um, because he's got a calf injury. We were missing uh, Reynoso. And who was suspended, who suspended for right. tugging on someone's shirt in the LAFC match. Genius, yeah. And so we went with a 4-3-3, three-man midfield, um, which was more like, it was like whack-a-mole, but whack-a-mole was stuck and no moles actually jumped up. So it was a completely empty midfield. Um, and I guess the, the part that kind of bugs me about this, and the reason I want to bring it up, uh, my, my basic question is, and it's a loaded one to you guys, why can't we set up defensively um, and just... You know, be tight in the midfield, shut it all down, and then you know, smack it up to Mender, who's a big dude, and he'll cross it over to Luis, right? Um, and and I, I bring this up because the the first goal that we give up is in the 30th minute. Fragapane gives up the ball in our own half, and SKC counter, and they have at that point three men, actually four men in midfield, and maybe you could consider two of our players in midfield defending, although Fragapane is already walking in the frame that I took. Um, <laughs> Coleman, so the ball moves forward, then Coleman steps up to put pressure. And so now Boxy is next to two attackers. And then there's one at the far post behind uh, DJ Taylor. So you've got three guys in the box. DJ Taylor, who is central in the box. Yeah. And, and then eventually Johnny Russell does Johnny Russell stuff. And could have, and by the time he crosses the ball in, there are two completely open SKC players. And instead, the ball bounces off Boxall, who really was kind of blameless in all of this, but, you know, gets the own goal against him. Right. Yeah, DSC saves the ball, but pushes it out instead of yeah, and it just, towards a six, and then it hits Boxall. Yeah, and, and DSC, should, now that I think about it, DSC should have done way better. You, you know, you, yeah, you, I you agree. Can't, you can't parry the ball centrally you know um but i still i th- even a- as it happened I, I was saying like dane gets about 20 percent of blame on that and then like 80 percent just for literally everyone else on the on the field um well that well that's like so boxel's had a couple of different own goals this season partly trying i don't i don't know if he if he knows that dane won't knock the ball out anywhere other than centrally. And so maybe he's just trying to get in front of it. Um, but it, it seems to be like his positioning in these moments is so like last ditch effort. I'm last man standing because of the absolute failure of everyone around him from his center back partner to the fullbacks to just like absolutely zero defending by the by the defensive midfielders in the top of the box it's just he's he he has to just throw himself in front of it and half the time his his body is just facing the the wrong way cuz he gets spun around trying to figure out what the hell everybody else is doing yeah i hadn't thought about that i mean i, I certainly don't uh, it's maybe there is some blame in in terms of that but but really like it just can't get to that point right um right and and i just don't get why like we know that we're missing Two of our best players, Lud and Reynoso, two by far, two of our, our our best attacking players, and so why can't we look at this and go like, okay, well then our job here is to get a point on the road because a point on the road gets us one step closer to locking in this playoff spot, 
and just gum things up. And I th- I'm sure that was the idea of the, the three-man midfield. But yeah. in, in the way it plays but, out, no yeah. one's playing midfield. Like, they're all just gone. Like, they're just like... The thing, the thing that Robin Lud that we... So there's a couple of things. One, Robin Lud is, again, we've talked about it, is a re- revelation for us in, in the central midfield. The way that he possesses the ball, maintains possession, presses. Like, he's not a great defender, but, like, he's still going after. He's dogged. Yeah. And, and when he has the ball, he's usually pretty good at keeping it and spinning off defenders and getting the ball forward to somebody like Reynoso. So I think, yeah, we were missing that. But yeah, I don't know what it is about the 4-3-3 or honestly, even if we did a double pivot or a 3-5-2, I don't, I'm not convinced that anyone would be a six, would be a destroyer, would just literally sit there and shield your back line and try to get take get uh turnovers higher up on the pitch and send it forward like it's there's there's no fluidity between Rosales Ariaga who was absolutely horrible all game yeah Ar- and Will Trap who was also trash yeah the Ariaga and Trap were just pure garbage i i don't remember much about Rosales and um fair note i uh, just gave up on this game in the second half <laughs> i was at the bar <laughs> same and at the second half a friend of mine was in town and i was like hey you know i'm just going to hang out with you all this i gave up so. <laughs> i think the thing is too it's just it's just mostly that when you have two attack minded so much attack in there and you don't have no defensive minded you don't really everyone pushes up it's like it's like having our 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 left back and our right back play in our midfield, and all they do is push up. And then so when there's a counter, then you just literally have the mid the midfield wide open. I don't understand why we can't just plug the middle and just have one forward. Start with a Maria, have five in the midfield, and then when a Maria gets tired, put in Mender to switch a pace. And then you can you can try to do that, and then that way you have more support where. Where where you need it, which is the midfield, right? Because a lot of the issues that we were having was that because our midfield was too easy being spread out, that the that you can have one penetrating pass bypass the whole midfield, then our then our then our center backs and our uh, are are caught in, in no man's land whether they press the ball or they don't. You know, it's it really puts puts the attacking players or SKC in this matter in, in, in a, in a positive situation to be able to do so much. But the thing that we're and, missing there is it, with what you're saying is that you can have five men in the midfield and, and you could have considered us as having done that, but um, you have to have everyone bought in and they're just not bought in on a plane, right? right? Fragapane's not back there defending. Mender actually did come back and, and descend, defend mm-hmm. um, some, you know, he's not great at it, but he was you know doing a role there. When Bongi was there, he was really good at running back. Again, not yep. great at doing it, but at least he's getting he's getting his body in there to put pressure. Right. And in both this and the LAFC game, I was just amazed at watching how much time people have on the ball and how much like, People just like are not pressing, not forcing them. They're they're giving them five seconds to decide where I'm going to take a pass. And and you just well, you should not be able to do that at professional. No, level. and 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 look, I mean, like we know that Kansas City plays a, a wider four three three, especially in the midfield, and we know that they like to stretch teams and they like to stretch teams wide and they like to create those spaces because 
That's what they do. That's what Pete, for, Pete Vermees does. He has a system. He has an identity. It's been awful this year for them because of injuries, but they've scored a ton of goals in the like, the last however many games. Well, but, ever since the August so yeah. transfer window where they got those two new players, Tommy and Agata, they've just been, you know... In Agata David. <laughs> <laughs> but and it's, they actually signed two uh, 60s music stars well one <laughs> but the but the thing is it's like it's Heath Heath knows this and it's like why would you have a a man marking system if that's what you're going to call it in the midfield for us with a system that we don't employ the use of that often like throw bodies in there and cause chaos and that's not what he did instead we Put the bodies on the pitch. Put the bodies on the pitch. I just don't. It's, I, it's, it just doesn't make sense. Well, so, and, and especially like, and this is the thing. It's like, you can play four, two, three, one. I think with, with any of our depth, most of our depth, I'll, I'll rephrase that. But, and I think people would understand the system and their roles and responsibilities and the trigger points of when to run and when to get in behind and when to create, various triangles and rotations and blah, 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 blah. I don't think anybody knows anything else for our, for our system, because we don't have that plan B and we don't practice it. And I think we've, we've, Heath tries out too many things too often that we don't have another identity other than a counterattacking four, two, three, one. Yeah. And it's just, you know, we've joked about and and praised vibes ball when it's good, but obviously vibes ball is all about vibes. And if you can't, if you don't get the good vibes, then it's just not working. And I don't, I guess I don't have much to say about this game other than that I wanted to talk about that first goal. Um, we did get a goal from uh, Ender uh, Mender Sandman uh, Garcia. Um, he got his first goal, goal, which is great. Yeah, was, uh, Lawrence yeah. sends in a, a deep cross, and, and Mender gets a, a volley to the near post. And uh, yeah. I mean, good for him. Uh, that was nice. And he almost had another one. Um, you know, we weren't mm-hmm. completely out of this. I think the like uh, expected goals for us was like one point five seven. So th- there were okay parts of the attack, but. Again, who cares? Like if if you give up four goals and 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 just four goals that were just just looked overmatched, that it doesn't matter. It was it was too easy for them. And again, these last how many how many matches have we played since Debasi was out? I don't know what is it one f- three five five games. Five, well, five games. I it was, okay. uh, I'm looking at Matt Doyle's armchair analyst right now, and uh, there's basically we are o. Zero wins, four losses, one draw with 12 goals allowed in the five games since he went down. Cool. And and it's like he brought something with to that center back partnership. Yeah, you can argue that like Coleman just hasn't had a long enough of a run out, but it's also we know what Coleman's weaknesses are. Uh, also, he knows what yeah, his own weaknesses are. I don't think this is about Coleman. I don't think this is about no. Debassi. I think, I mean, we were pointing out, uh, I've pointed out many times, that we were giving up tons of goals. We were winning 4-3, we were up 4, yeah. and then we give three goal, goals up before Debassi went out. Yeah. Um, it's just Debassi going out wrecked the vibes, and now the vibes are all bad. We just need to put some crystals all around the stadium or something like that. 
uh, do some smudging. Yeah, put on some uh, Neil Young and light a candle and let a vein or something like that. I, I just don't understand also with the options that we'd have. Like we put in Amarilla, Fragapane, Rosales, um, and out of those, and Ariaga, and out of those four, like I'm probably Luisa Maria is the one that came back more often trying to defend or on corners and stuff like that. The other which is non-existent. And let's just also talk about Ariaga and Traps losing balls uh, in our half and Will Trap getting lucky on one of them and Ariaga causing the goal on the other one. I mean, and that's that just seems to be the thing. It's like we can't, you, if you want to be able to get into Vibes ball, you have to be able to maintain somewhat of a possession. And I think that's where Lude and Reynoso are key in that because they're able to maintain the ball for enough time for someone to be able to get open. But right now, when you know, when you're the opposing team and you know the only player that can actually make number 10 type moves is Fragapane. And every time he gets the ball, there's three people on him. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do that. I mean, so let me, let me bring up the last bit from these two games that I think is important. And that particularly is Abu Dinladi in the LAFC game comes in at a, as a sub in the second half and comes off 20 minutes later as the first sub off. I've never in my amateur uh, world uh, career seen anything like that. Um, I was I was watching and I was thinking like, is is he going to storm off? Like, because he put in an ab- abject uh, performance, and um, and he and Heath shook hands and then like the rest of the bench like high fived him and I was like, first of all, if I was a boo, I would be like, fuck all y'all. And second of all, if I was anyone other than a boo, I would have been like, "Fuck you, dude!" <laughs> I just I couldn't believe that they were like. I mean, I don't. You just got I mean, embarrassed. Did we, did we hear there. any? Did I mean? Yeah, his performance was absolutely awful. I mean, did we hear anything that? Did he tweak something? You know, I like I don't know, but I mean, even just lie to us and and tell us that like he felt a. A tinkle or a, a tinkle. He felt he felt <laughs> he felt a tingle. He did. He did day. piss himself. Um, it, 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 yeah. it was just a, a terrible. Pro- and I I do not like. I have, make it a habit on this podcast of not really calling out specific players uh, unless it's for really specific things, <laughs> um, uh, and just saying they're bad or anything. But um, I, I just. I don't want to be mean. I don't ever want to see Abu Dinladi play for this team again. I think that he's been really bad. And and that was one of the worst performances I've seen by a Loons player. And, and I just, I, and he did not come on in this SKC game. Instead, Nico Hansen came in. Um, Dinladi was on the bench because we had seven other goalkeepers and then Dinladi and Hansen, basically. Um, and. But- I mean, but everyone knows, like, it's all over MLS what Dunlady's shortcomings are. He's not going to defend. He's not going to track back. So then what do you do? You attack whatever side he's on. So it's become a liability in that sense. And all, and he, all he had easy, was easy to plan against. In that sense, it's like, oh, yeah, Dunlady's playing. Yeah. All right, let's switch. Let, let's, let's start switching the ball to that side. Yeah. And then that's when we get that opening opening sense. And I, I think, and, and I feel bad for him because, you know, he's a young guy, but if you can't 
if you can't perform and your quality is not good, then uh, you're going to get embarrassed. And that's, I don't that's think, a message, I right? Think he's that's had a maybe one good performance this season. Very right. He scored a goal, on. I think. Yeah, I think very it's, early on. That was it. Um, but if, if you're not performing, you're going to get embarrassed. And the most, one of the most embarrassing things to be as a player is when you get subbed out early. Yeah. But to be subbed in for 20 minutes of play is just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so here's here's where we're going to summarize this all. Because um, we don't have a Twitter question section. Um, the, the question that always comes out anytime we lose is, is Heath going to get fired? Um, and so the answer is no. Um, but the... The question really is, are injuries an excuse for this? Like, do do we let this team off the hook um, because Heath, the coach, again, Heath, the coach, um, had, you know, he lost Hassani Dotson. Help me go through this. Patrick Weah was, you know, not ever going to be like, it's not a, a major loss to the starting lineup. Um, uh, how, you know, two-thirds of the way through the season, he loses his starting center back, Debassi. Um, right, Ja'Cory Hayes. Ja'Cory Hayes, who again is like, at this point, would be the fifth, but like he was maybe the fourth right. central midfielder. Right, but then you have to mm-hmm. take in Metanier. We don't know if he's going to come back Ramon at all. Metanier or starting right back, uh, absolutely. And so that's, am I missing anyone? Any uh, let's see. Um, I mean, now we're missing Bongi for, for yep. a bit. And, mm-hmm. and to me, like... No, he's he's not coming back. Yeah. Um, maybe if we get to the final, right? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> but, then, uh, Bongi, but then you Bongi put him in a ro- no. But then you put him in a Roman situation where you bring him a little too yeah, early for yeah, a playoff yeah. game, and then he gets injured, and we have the whole situation over again. Yeah, yeah. no, don't come back until you're and, healthy. And so, but really, only one of these was a season-long injury of a starting player, right? Roman Metinier. Um, and he's our right back, right? I, I don't see how we've been that hamstrung. We're not like, like look at SKC. They lost two DP uh, players. They lost Polito and the other guy, um, Jason, Doug, Craig or something. Um, they Like there are other teams that lose legit players and, and we just lost our right back, right? He's good at crossing the ball. He's awesome, great person, looks gorgeous. So... But I, I don't know if that's an excuse. May, am I am I being wrong though? Should I? No, because if you look at SKC, they signed two new players who are now producing for them. So yeah, they suck up majority of the season. August comes in, they bring in two players that kind of kind of research the the offense at the same time. You know, give confidence to all the other players, and, and here they are. You know, they they're in last place, but it's a different team than they were before. And I think that's the other thing too is like, what do we have that we can we can do that? And sure, you can always talk about yeah, we lost lots of players, and you do, and that's true. We lost probably the most players we had in one season, but at the same time, if you you know, this goes back to the whole like. What if Reynoso gets hit, gets hit by a bus scenario, right? Well, this is this is what happens when someone when we have several bus accidents or some people trying to beat the train, some sort of thing, and then just it just it becomes too catastrophic to overcome, and the problem becomes not are you willing to change your form of play to uh, to be able to use your players that you currently have to the best of their abilities, or do you go with what you have? And right now, 
we're just we're just trying to trying to see if we can sniff my balls instead of trying to say if we can survive the rest of the season without uh, without not making it. We have talent without Reynoso. Lud, yeah. Fragapane, um, Amaria has really turned up, obviously. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. talented midfielder. You've got creative players. Um, but you cannot play the same way, which since our tactics are give the ball to Reynoso and r- ride the vibes, man. Um, so I... I I agree. And then, so then what's the plan without Reynoso? And we know that he's going to be suspended 17 games a, a, a season because he can't not pull people's jerseys. It's just a thing. You know, he's, he's, he has been treated for this illness and, uh, you know, we pray for him every day. And yeah, um, he, him and Luis Suarez went to the same camp for rehabilitation. So, yeah. Uh, but Corey, what, what, what do we think about the injuries? Is it, do do we excuse this season for it? Because we, you know, we were all saying this we should finish third this season, and we were on track for that, and we're still not that far away. Off of it. We're not going to make. We're it not. Up. We're not. We're not that far away from it. Like if we if we win both of our, if we win our life. If we get six points, and one or two of the teams right around us drops half of those, you know, drops four points, drops three points. You know, there's still a world in which we could, you know, be in third or fourth and have a home playoff game. And I think that's the measure of success. That has been the measure of success for absolutely us for the last couple of seasons. And we fell short short last year, understandable after a abysmal start, but we you know it worked out. But man, I don't I don't know. Like I don't think that the injuries Injuries happen, and I don't think that Dotson, Hayes, Bongi are bona fide starters. I think this is bad roster building over the last couple of years. I think needing to go with Coleman, like, yeah, he's fine. You can stick him in there in a three-man back line when you need him or, or whatever, but like, we've known since Ike became questionable in early 2020 that we needed a top tier or an upper tier center back. This is a roster building issue, which is the injury crisis that we're running into. If Heath wants to talk about depth or the lack of depth due to injuries, you're building the depth. You you've, you've gone after failed strikers year after year after year. And so, no, I don't think, I don't think that, I don't think that the injury should be excusable. Like we should still be in third or, or healthily in a home playoff match position for most of the season, regardless of injuries. And, so- and, and, and if, and if, and this is on, this is on the front office. This is on Heath. This is on his staff. This is on all of them to say like, if you build your team to be so reliant on one, two, maybe three people and they are out either for part of the season or through suspensions or one of them has a season ending injury, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, you know, I think, I think we should be, we should be in a much better position, even with these injuries. And if we're not, and that's due to the talent that's on the team and that's down to the 
the way that the team has been structured over the last five, six transfer windows. So let's let's sum this up. We are in sixth place, place with 45 points above us. Uh, we've got Portland at 46, Nashville 47, Dallas at 50. Dallas are pretty untouchable. But let's let's look at maybe uh, getting to that fourth place spot. Um, Nashville is, is there two points above us. Below us is LA at 43, RSL at 43, and Vancouver are still in it at 40. Although really it's just us looking at RSL and LA, right? We have uh, a week off here with the international break and then we come back with an away game against San Jose and then a home game against Vancouver. Um, now certainly um, if Vancouver win their next game uh, and we lose against San Jose, then... Uh, Decision and- day. Yeah, and you know, then decision day gets really crazy there. Um, Vancouver have a home game against Austin, so I'm I'm not holding my breath for them, but uh, you know, you never know. And then you know, RSL have um, coming up for the end of their season. They have uh, you guys look up LA um, in their last two games for me, because um, RSL have LA Galaxy away. And then Portland, um, I think it's largely that bodes well for us, right? Because one of those teams that no matter what, that looks good for us. And then who do LA have? LA Galaxy have San Jose on the 24th away. So whatever. Uh, RSL at home on the 1st. And then they play Houston away on decision day. LA, I think they're going to make it in. So Yeah. Okay, yeah. So if they've got a game in hand, they could lose the RSL game, still get six points from the other ones. RSL wins. So I think we make the playoffs, but I think we make that seventh spot. And sixth and seventh right now, if if the playoffs happen today, we would play Dallas. If we make that seventh spot, we would play Austin. Um, yep. You know, I don't, I'm not feeling super good about it. So do you, do we make the playoffs and what happens if we do? I mean, if we look at where we are with the playoffs right now, if we just look at the standings right now, we would be playing Dallas at home, Dallas away. Sorry. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't don't think, I don't think, I don't feel confident about that one. If you say, if you say we come in at seventh and squeak in, we're playing Austin away. I don't think we win that. Um, I think anything other than, you know, I think maybe Nashville away, uh, we could possibly pull one out, but Ani Mukhtar has been amazing. You know? Who who do you want to face? Mukhtar? Pereira? Portland. I'd rather, uh, um, Portland, I, I would rather face. I'd rather right, face Portland, right. definitely. Yeah, but that's that. You but, know, but I mean, yeah, but in in terms of those, uh, I would rather face Nashville. Um, I mean, the standings show the show it. Uh, Austin, yeah. Dallas, and then Nashville. That's the, those yeah. are the worst ones. So, so I'd rather face Nashville than Dallas than Austin. Yeah, right. Uh, but Austin, I mean, we've played well against Austin, and at least enough 
to be able to make it. I just I just don't I think Ferreira with with all the pickups and then you know Ariola and all those it's just it's not even you know they're just gonna tear us apart every time we they, they get the ball going forward. I think yeah. with with uh with Austin, you know, we have a we have a chance to be able to counter and, and at least be able to hold that. And we've been somewhat successful against Austin. I just don't I per, I personally prefer Austin over 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 that over those other just I just don't I don't feel that. So let's finish yeah. seventh guys. Let's do this. <laughs> well I mean this is but and like so last year when we had four straight losses and it was chaos and we fought our way back and we had a couple of good runs and then it came down to decision day. It came down to needing a draw, at least a draw against LA galaxy. Oh yeah. Which is what right. we got. I, I totally blanked this out. So, and I was, no, I cause I went to that game and it was like, like Fragapane had a penalty kick to win it and he, skied it or hit the post or something dumb because Reynoso gave him, let him take the penalty. But it was like, it was, I think it was like 3-3. It was a 3-3 draw. And yeah, we squeaked in. And that, I think it was that result is what knocked LA Galaxy out of the playoffs. And so we're doing this same thing over and over again where we're saving it until the end of the season. And less than a month ago, we were... I wouldn't say comfortably in third, but we had a little bit of a cushion in third. And now we're staring down the barrel of potentially not making the playoffs. Yeah. It's just, so that's, yeah. that's unacceptable. Regardless of the injury crisis, that is unacceptable given right. the internal metrics that the the staff and the coaching staff and the, and the front office have set for this team of what should be the standard. Right, I know. I I think you're right on that aspect of it. You know, the too much we focused on offense and never focused on on what's really more needed in this on this team. But that's that's something that we say all the time because it's true. <laughs> but I I think I think you know honestly at the same time if we get the majority of our playmakers back and somehow um, are able to, you know. Um, who, I mean, who, if we get Luda Reynoso back and we're in the playoffs and Reynoso can get as many yellow cards before he gets, he gets, he gets suspended I for for, a game. I forget when the cards reset. They reset then. <laughs> yeah. So, so it just, so, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a possibility that we could make somewhat of a run. I, I, it depends if we, if with those players back. We get we get the vice ball. I mean, we won't get Bongi back, so we have to figure out we someone just else have to, to figure play out what that. the central midfield is going to be. And I don't think it's uh, Trap and Ariaga. I don't. It has to be Lude, and I, I I honestly like I don't know why, but probably because I want it. It's not going to happen. But I think Jogo has when he's come in to play with some of the 11s has been able to produce some some offense or opportunities, and I think if you're going to have someone who's dedicated to be a six or want him to be a six, I. You want someone who can control the ball, who, who yeah. who's pretty good and doesn't lose the ball, and he seems to be pretty good at that. And so, if you're going to do that and just have two eights, then have two eights, have yeah. them all go forward. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's call uh, a wrap on Minnesota United section um, because it's International Week. That means we've got some pretty big games. It's our last uh, window, right? We don't have any more windows before uh, the nope. World Cup. World this Cup is, it. Uh, is coming up. This Thanksgiving, basically, um, 
that's uh, that's basically why the pilgrims came here to to lay the the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this Friday, to get you ready for Qatar and waking up early ass in the morning, Japan plays USA seven twenty five a.m. I'm uh, I'm going to be opening the bar, so we'll be open at seven fifteen or so. We'll have coffee. Um, we'll have other things, uh, and you should show up and like work remotely. Or if you don't have one of those jobs, just like call in sick or like maybe you just work later in the afternoon anyway. So just go in at 10. We'll be here. We'll be there. We're here for you. Um, we won't tell anyone you're there. And then next Tuesday, then it's a 1 PM game against Saudi Arabia. So that both those games, um, come hang out. Uh, we'll have also, you know, I think there's some nations league games on there's like one Germany plays Spain or there's a good game. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, other than that, thank you, my friends. It's good to see you. Um, Mark Fangmeyer, um, uh, hope you get better from the, the Rona and uh, your international call up to COVID. And uh, you're beautiful, you're sexy, and everyone loves you. <laughs>